Well, and then what happens is they come and they say, what, like, they're like, crocodiles, they're bleeding out, <laughs> blood is squirting everywhere. And they're like, what kind of crocodile is it? What happened in the crocodile's childhood to make him want to gnaw my arm? And they go to therapy for three freaking years trying to figure out more about the crocodile. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of the crocodile. Like terrible life strategy, terrible life strategy. I've never heard anyone say, you know what? I'm so glad I gave that crocodile another three years of my life. Yeah. I'm so glad I ignored behavior, did more damage to my nervous system. And you're listening to keeping up with chaos podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Been here before? Thanks for joining the conversation again. We're always glad you're here and a part of the conversation. Here you'll find real, random, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always chaos. So buckle up, strap on your shoes, or grab a comfy seat on the couch, and maybe a cocktail. Let's see where tonight's conversation takes us. Hey guys, it's Jocelyn. Thanks for following the chaos every week. We're so glad that you're here. Tonight, we're talking to Sarah K. Ramsey about how to toxic people-proof our lives. Let's get the conversation going. Cheers, guys. Can you see my sheets that I just took out of the, the wash that are unfolded? How the hell do you fold a freaking fitted sheet? You know, my grandma used to fold a fitted sheet. She could fold a mean fucking sheet. Like she knew how to do it. She knew how to do the crisp corners on the beds. Like, you know, but they had flat sheets. They didn't have fitted sheets really. But I, there's a trick. Um, there's yeah. a trick where like you take it and you, I feel like you pocket it and then you make it like a corner, right? So you fold it down. So it's like a corner, corner, like you take it. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm not that uh, here we go. Here we go with the laundry again. If ginger was going to, if ginger was here, which she's not coming, she'd be like, fuck your laundry talk, blah, blah, blah. I'm excited though. I'm excited because um, tonight we have Sarah Ramsey coming on. She's our guest. Oh, we didn't have a guest. Yeah, we have a guest. You said we didn't. You said it's just you and I. Well, I meant it was just you and I like no ginger. Oh, I didn't know that. I was just expecting you and I No. good job. You're welcome. <laughs> surprise. It's okay, a surprise. I'm not sure who that is. Okay. So Sarah Ramsey, that's what I'm telling you right now. So listen up, take some notes. I'm just joking. Just listen. Don't be mad at me. Um, you want to move your sheets then <laughs> you want to fold them real quick. <laughs> Really? I'm just joking. I just okay, joking. Go ahead quickly. It's 7:55. Right. That's why Sarah Ramsey, she is a she is a toxic um people proofing person. So she's like world renowned, I think. And she has she's an author um she's a best-selling author of Toxic Person Proof. She has Toxic Person Proof podcast. So, um She's going to look at my bedroom and think that I'm toxic. <laughs> Damn, fold, I didn't even put on my earrings. Go fold your, go put some earrings on and fold put, your. What's more important, earrings or sheets? Or, or sheets? Um, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, earrings. Go. I'm going to go tell number two not to come in then. Hold you literally, okay, wait, you literally can take your sheets. I know, and just I'll deal with them. Are you and, like getting OCD on me? No, fuck 
God. It's just freaking sheets. They're I'm, clean. It's not like they're dirty sheets. I have just you literally ever, haven't had time. Have Stand you, by. Stand by. <laughs> I will be patient-ish. She's probably going to be prompt and timely if you can hear me. <laughs> oh, my God. So funny. <laughs> you got to put the pillow. You got to tidy up a little bit. <laughs> Good job. You can't hear me. Good job. I like me now. <laughs> I like you now. That's too funny. I was just going to say, have you ever seen those? I've, I've watched these, 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 these young kids, those kids, these kids, you know, these kids on TikTok or like Discord or whatever the kids are doing these days. Right. I've seen them peeked on what my sons are watching. Right. So just a, and these kids are like live talking to like, God knows how many people and their whole backgrounds just a fucking mess like a tornado went through it like beds not made and towels on the floor and all kinds of stuff you want to go over and clean (laughs) well that but I'm just thinking like one like don't you want to have a nicer background if you're going to go live I mean I get the whole real authentic stuff but there's you know there's a certain time and place for you if you're going to be live you should probably tidy up a little bit and maybe like you know fix your background so in other words, get rid of the sheets. You did. You did such a great job. Get rid of the, sh- the sheets, the shit, get rid of the shit. Yes. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be getting rid of, we're going to learn how to get rid of toxic people or reduce toxic people, or even learn Ignore about them. what a toxic person is. Some people don't even know or recognize, you know, you and I have been in a situation or we've been enlightened in this sort of realm of things. And when you figure out what's really happening and that toxic person you identify, it's like mind blowing. And it's like someone pulled back the curtain, you know, like the wizard of Oz. Yeah. And like the wizard of Oz, you know, it's like, they will take, they'll do anything that they can to try to screw with you. Totally. If they're not getting a response or a reaction, then they're going to totally just like fuck with you. So before she comes on, she, I always bring up like a fun social question. That's like for us. And I pulled it right off of her websites because I thought it would be perfect. So I think she'll be pretty stoked. Um, What's the one TV show you wouldn't want to be on. Now this goes with the topic and we'll figure out why here pretty soon. But like, what's the one TV show you wouldn't want to be on? Like, think about that for like as an actor. No, just like in your life, like you uh, in your life, like would not want to be on. Hey, Sarah. Hi. Hi, how are you guys? We're so glad you're here. Welcome. 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 I'm glad to be here and get a little chaotic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> There's yeah, lots well, of chaos going on. You're, so you're, we're hoping that's why you can, hopefully you can help us. You're in the right place. <laughs> you're in the right place. I was just, I, um, I, I feel like, um, when you're, I feel like it's a compliment when someone copies you. And so I was on your website and I was checking out and I always pull a social, like a fun social question. And I bring it to the table when we do these podcasts. And, um, and I, I copied you, I've copied the, what's, what's the one TV show you wouldn't want to be on. Cause I thought that was such a interesting conversation. So I just asked Nikki, like what would be the one TV show, show she wouldn't want to be on? And you'll, you'll explain why this is relevant. Okay. Well, this is my question. So of course I'm overthinking it. You don't overthink. I wouldn't want to act on it or I wouldn't want it like it to be my, my life, like living it, you know, I don't know, Sarah, should you, should you elaborate a little bit? 
Okay. So I think on my life, like if my life took a turn for the worse and I ended up on a TV show, what TV show would it be? <laughs> okay. So I'd have to say like the bachelor or the bachelorette <laughs> or the bachelor in paradise, but that's like, that would be know, a show that you wouldn't want to be on. No, no, no. <laughs> There's talk about toxicity. Oh my goodness. Oh no. That's <laughs> nothing compared to some of the shows I've been watching here. You know, while I've Just, been, Home. Don't overthink it. Just just spit it well, out. I mean, my the first thing that came to my mind was like the X-Files, and that's just because it's boring. I never <laughs> got into that show. So that's why I'm like taking, I don't know. You're taking it too literal. You're taking okay, it so literal. snapped. Okay. That should be that's yeah. Snapped that's a good would be one. the show I wouldn't want to be on. So so Sarah, <laughs> when you posted that question, because mm-hmm. I love these questions. Like I always find these like questions all over social media, not this particular one, but different ones. And I think it's so fun because it's thought provoking. It's conversation starting, you know, kind of gets you going. So like, why did you post that on your page? I am obsessed with getting people unstuck. And one of my favorite strategies is like, if your life was a TV show, right? Like what would people be thinking of your character? And I have a lot of clients who are like in these TV shows and everybody's going, he's a jerk, leave him. But they're like, oh no, but he's a really good guy. And we've always seen these TV shows, right? We see these girls on TV and we're like, no, run away. (laughs) Go quick, far, fast. Yeah. Yes. And sometimes you can bring that perspective to people and make them think if their life was a TV show, then that can be really helpful. Also, a secret about me is I grew up, my dad uh, was kind of in the public eye. And so I always grew up like with, I felt like eyes watching me and um, they really were. But so now it's really helpful because I try to lead by example. And so I think if my life was a TV show, would people be shocked if they saw what was actually happening? Or would they be like, yeah, that's who Sarah says she is all the time. And so I'm not perfect, not perfect. But I do try that if my life was a TV show, uh, people would be very happy with the character that was being portrayed and in the fact that it would be authentic from the message I'm giving. Yeah, that's like pretty powerful. See, you've had time to you've had time to live by that. So we're just getting this question thrown at us. So now I have to like, (laughs) I have to do everything all over again now. (laughs) Some popular answers were naked and afraid. Nobody naked and afraid. They and but the number of walking dead, they didn't want to be on walking dead. Right. But the number one answer. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Oh, yeah. We did not want to be on Jerry Springer. I can see that. Yeah, because it's like, you know, you're the daddy. No, ah, no that's Maury. You are not the father. Uh, well, yeah. They're all kind of I don't on America's Most Wanted. Right. That would not be good. That would be First not 48. be good. <laughs> First 48. You I'm just naming off the that. TV shows that I watch. But yeah, I, I don't think I'd want to be on Snapped. No, probably yeah. not. So, so, okay. So how did you get into the realm of toxic proofing? Like toxic proof us, like walk us through it. Like, how did you get to this? Cause you, you didn't wake up. I think Ginger, who's not here tonight will always say like, when you were in fourth grade, were you like, I can't wait to be a world renowned toxic proofing person. No, you were like, I can't wait to, I want a pony and you know, like I'm going to be a famous ballerina, you know, um, <laughs> Well, my favorite assumption is when people assume I've only been in one toxic relationship and I'm like, oh, that's so nice of you. You know, they're like, 
you know, was there one toxic relationship? And I'm like, yeah, nope, nope, nope. There, there was more than one, unfortunately, <laughs> of, of all shapes and sizes, right? Friendships, romantic relationships, um, some toxic work situations, you know, because if you live a life of people pleasing, trying to be like the ultimate good girl, trying to do the right thing, trying to do right by others, that's a fabulous quality until it butts up with a toxic person. And then it's a terrible quality. And my message in being toxic person proof is that balance. Um, When I'm on a lot of podcasts, the number one question, which I hope you do not ask me, is, well, you know, how can we change the toxic person? Or how can we fix the toxic person? Or how can we solve the toxic person? And I flip it around on people and say, isn't it concerning that that's the question people ask rather than how do we protect ourselves from toxic people? Yes. That is very concerning. Mm -hmm. We should all be concerned as a society. And there is these wonderful, like I do yoga and I meditate and I have shirts that say joy and be kind. And like, I have quotes that say, no one ever leaves me without being happier. Like mother Teresa is on my wall people. (laughs) But that quality has been used against me in my past life. Right. That's, that's crazy. I can see that. Well, so Jocelyn, so, <laughs> wait, I'm toxic for you. No, no, no. I'm saying that quality. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I am. I have been told that I'm a little too nice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that I'm, and I do know that like, I get uncomfortable. I get unhappy when I'm not pleasing somebody in front of me. And I, yeah, that's probably, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I can definitely look back at the decades of life before me this moment and see like where toxic people have inserted themselves into my life. Um, I think I became aware of it probably about 15 years ago, you know, so, so help us because I know what a toxic person is. Nikki knows and understands, but like, what is a toxic person? You know, because some people are completely clueless, you know, I I feel like we're walking to the wizard of Oz, like pulling back the curtain, you know, like you don't know. Right. I love the wizard of Oz. I know. Oh, Oh my gosh. Look, I have Dorothy. Oh, no way. Oh, my God. That's, that's so funny. No, I love The Wizard of Oz. That's oh, hilarious. That's awesome. it's that's the energetic connection that you use that example. <laughs> I had no idea. Honestly, like I was like, that was I just pulled a red. No, there's, <laughs> there's no way you would have known because no. it's coming. Why would anyone know that about me? But yes, I do love The Wizard of Oz. That's what I was doing in fourth grade is like pretending I was Dorothy, I'm sure. Right. Well, I mean, it almost feels like sometimes when you're in a toxic relationship, you want to put on those Ruby slippers and you want to tap, you know, three times you want to get the hell out of Dodge, but it's difficult. So, but before we get ahead of ourselves, like, okay, what is toxic, right? Like, what is it? So people get really uncomfortable with the conversation of some people are good and some people are bad. That is sketchy for so many reasons, right? So it's a very helpful reframe to think some people are good for me to be around and some people aren't good for me to be around. They are bad for me to be around. They bring out the worst version of me or they degrade me or they're always playing the victim and make me feel uncomfortable or they're always belittling me. Um, But I think that's, the first helpful step. Because when we get into, Sarah, are you saying some people are good and some people are bad? I am not judge and jury of the whole world. Right. Right. None of us are. But I also need to be responsible and discerning in my own life to say, 
when I'm around this person, I feel really good. I feel like an expanded version of myself. I feel brave. I feel strong. I feel powerful. And when I'm around a different person, I feel confused. I feel like I never get anything right. I feel like I'm always having to do the work of the relationship. I feel like they're always mad at me. I feel like they insert little cuts to always bring me down. Yeah. And it's really about your experience rather than getting into, you know, the most popular label is narcissist, um, which people say, oh, we're kind of obsessed with the word narcissist right now. And I don't think if you're in the community of people who are talking about narcissism, you can say, oh, I think I dated a narcissist and they will have forgiveness to that. If you say it to the general public, they are not forgiving to that. They they think you're the victim or you're diagnosing people. I do not advise people saying, oh, he was a narcissist or she was a narcissist because it doesn't get you what you're looking for, which is understanding. <laughs> right. You're labeling, right? You're just slapping a label on it, right? Yeah. So yeah. that doesn't help getting understanding. No. Uh, Bill Eddy in his book, The Five Types of People Who Will Ruin Your Life, he uses the term high conflict personality, okay. which I highly recommend using. You know, you have someone in your life, especially a work situation, you know, they were a high conflict individual. Yeah. And then give three examples, if at all possible, examples that have nothing to do with you. Because if you say my ex was a high conflict personality, he did this to me, this to me, and this to me, there's a different impression than my ex is a high conflict personality. He got in a fight with this person. He was always screaming at this person. And he had work issues with this person. Yeah. Okay. Totally different impression. Yes. Wow. That's like mind blowing. <laughs> just, just and very helpful for dating. Yeah. Okay. So how would you look at like that dating? You know, if someone's out there dating and they're like, gosh, am I in a toxic relationship? You know? <laughs> well, I want to answer the question first. If you have been in a toxic relationship and people all the time, like, what do I say about this person? Why, why do I say I got a divorce? Why do I say we broke up? And if you say, gosh, my ex was a narcissist. He did this to me, this to me, and this to me, guys are going to be like, uh, or just, just don't do right. that. Right, right. It's not the impression you're wanting to give off. But if you say, well, my ex was a high conflict personality. Yeah. At first, I didn't see it, but I've grown a lot since then. And I've done the work to be a better version of myself to make sure I never put up with a situation like that again. And here are three. And if they ask, here are three examples of toxic behavior that have nothing to do with you. You come across as very strong. Yeah. rather than victimy. Yeah. And I'm not saying you weren't a victim because I have been a victim, right? I, that, that's a separate conversation. It's about your dating brand. It's about the impression you're trying to give off. And it's also trying to keep yourself safe because if you've been in a toxic relationship and that's a toxic person, they may go, oh good, I can take advantage of you too. Yeah, right. like you're, you become prey. <laughs> yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like when you get stuck in that toxic cycle of things, especially when you're a people pleaser, especially if you are like overly nice and, you know, want everyone to be happy and you want to be like good or whatever you want. Yeah, I feel like you sometimes can attract negativity and toxic people, whether you ask for them or they seek you out. It's just like they find you. You're like a magnet for it, you know, and I figured that out a little while ago and I was very careful about I was choosier, you know, but like every once in a while, there's always a breakthrough, right? There's always a breakthrough person that gets in there and 
fuck shit up for you. Sorry. But I mean, you know, seriously. And you're like, God damn it. You know, I thought I was doing so good. You Stop know, talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> but- well, so going back to Bill Eddy again, because um, with all these different experts, people kind of say, well, how many toxic people are there? Um, yeah. So how many? Six <laughs> are some people say one in 10 and some people say one in five have a personality disorder. Okay. Okay. So really the majority of people are good, but that 10% or 20% of our population, 25% of our population, no, 20%, 20% of our population is very noisy. They stir up a lot of stuff, right? They're causing a lot of drama. They're having a lot of relationships. They're having a lot of fights. You know, there's a, they make a, they leave a big imprint in our world. So it's not that they're all, everyone's toxic, but those people take up a lot of space. So it seems like they get a lot of forefront and they certainly get a lot of, uh, in our media, in our shows. Now we did not grow up. I grew up watching like Saved by the Bell, like this type of stuff, not like stuff on serial killers and sociopaths and psychopaths. And there's some lovely things about that because we are learning to keep ourselves safe but there's also an entire generation who are being taught how to think like a sociopath. Right. So should I stop watching that? Stuff? Probably. <laughs> You're Maybe not let your children watch it. Uh, you know, but uh. Quite a um, conversation about everyone agrees that personality disorders are on the rise. Um, so it's a lot better to be dating in your fifties than it is in your forties. And it's better to be dating in your thirties than your twenties and God help us all for the children, my age, <laughs> Like, right. it's not, it's not about to get better uh, statistically. No, there's no way I would not, I would not want to be out in the dating world at all. Like for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. I mean, it was hard enough to date back when I was dating people and I've been married for a while now. So it's like mm-hmm. on my worst days, I'm really pissed off at my husband. I'm like, well, it could be worse. I could be out there dating a psychopath. But I mean, um, yeah, I've had, I've had, I've had, I've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have to run background checks on everybody. You know, can I have your fingerprints, please? You know, <laughs> right. Maybe. DNA, maybe. <laughs> I had to tell yeah, you- and- that can help sometimes. And then, you know, not other time you know, there's a reason we have white collar crime and they get away with it for so long. It's like, Oh gosh, they have this fabulous job and this fabulous life and no criminal record, but they have a string of image management and blame shifting. Okay. Oh, they pull the flip. Like you say, um, you know, I'm sad that you talked to me that way. And I pull the flip on you and say, well, I wouldn't have had to talk to you that way if you had done what you said you were going to. Okay. Okay. Is that another term or is that another way to say gaslighting or is gaslighting another way to say that rather? Yes. Gaslighting a lot of, there's a whole spectrum (laughs) of that for sure. You know, and they can get into really extreme crazy making. Um, and it's easier when you kind of think about the flip, it's easy to see in the moment. Yeah. Right. And gaslighting is hard to see in the moment, period. Even if you're very, very experienced at it, because it's just like, what? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Right. Um, 
That's what I love about you. That's what I love about you because you literally take something and you just kind of like put it in like these little chunks, like these little chunks of um, ways to like understand and like digest it and process it. Because like, yeah, when someone says gaslighting, I'm like, what does that mean? You know, or what's a narcissist or what's a personality disorder, you know? And so if somebody's out there and they're like, God, I'm at work and there's like this guy and he's kind of a jerk, you know, da, da, da. Like, I'm not really sure like how to handle this. Is he toxic? I don't know. Is he not toxic? Like, what would you, what, how would you guide somebody or like maybe give them a couple tips or, you know, like, let's start with the workplace, you know, what would you say to somebody? Yeah. So in a workplace, it, in any circumstance, if you're trying to figure out someone is toxic, kind of rate yourself and how you feel after experiencing them. Like if you're in a work meeting and every time you're in a work meeting with this person, you feel like you're a three out of 10 happy like you're just kind of miserable, you're grumpy, you're moody, you feel like a small crumpled up version of yourself rather than an expanded empowered version of yourself. That's really good data. And that's enough data. When we try to start getting into why is this person toxic? You have already lost the battle. You've already lost the battle because by the time you collect all the data about why they're toxic, what is it? What good does it do you? Right. If something happened to them when they were 13 or whatever, and there's a pattern. I do want to point out there's a pattern. We're not talking about people who have bad days every once in a while. Oh, yeah. We're not talking about. Of course, of course. And so have I. When I was finishing up my book and in the editing process, I was probably a nightmare to be around. (laughs) I was recording. I actually sent my husband to a different state. I was recording at two or 3 a.m., like doing my audio recording. So I was working with someone in Eastern Europe in the recording. Pro- yeah, I, I'm sure I was a nightmare to be around. If that was the only version you got of me, that would not be, you know, <laughs> right. So we're talking about a extended pattern of behavior, not a season of behavior. Right. I like that. It's very, very important. Okay. That's awesome. That's like really a really easy way to like look at something. Cause like I've, you've been around people where you're like, eh, they just, I don't vibe with them or yeah. like, you know, someone's in a bad mood or they're like, you know, they, I don't know, they have a bitch ass face, you know, like they're just kind of being bitchy, you know, and mm-hmm. like what's wrong with them. But like you said, that could be just like a one and done moment. But if it's happening, like every single time you're around that person, that makes sense. It's a pattern. Yeah, it's just good data to collect. Um, Now, I'm going to say something a little controversial. Okay. Okay. Don't be mad at me. No. no. Um, A lot of times after someone realizes someone maybe is a toxic personality, their first impression is going to be to stand up for themselves. Okay. Okay? Like, I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to this. Well, if a toxic person is good at fighting and then you try to get better at fighting, then both of you are fighting. The impression is going to be that both people are toxic. Yes. Yeah. But I see it all the time. People are like, I'm not going to take that anymore. I'm not going to let them talk to me that way anymore. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to have boundaries. I'm going to this, I'm going to that. And they, they fight to fight yeah. rather than fighting to win. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> That's pretty it's powerful. a huge mistake I see people make. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, I see women thinking about getting a divorce and they're going into the divorce process, but they haven't told their husband they want a divorce and they completely change their personalities. And they're standing up to him now 
and they're ta- they're saying, I'm not taking this anymore. I'm not letting you talk to me that way. I'm not this. What's the husband doing hiding money? Because he knows she's about to bolt. Did she win? No, she did not win. Right. Did she stand up for herself and not put up with it? No, she, she, she got another lashing. She got another lashing. And in a work situation, they're going to pull the flip and play the victim and blame shift and make it your fault and turn you into HR. Right. It's a terrible strategy. Uh, My dad, this is the weirdest thing. He sang this song when I was little. I'm surprised it's not come up more in therapy, but he sang (laughs) a song called mama grab the hammer. There's a fly on baby's head. And it was a joke. Like it was like, a I don't know what happened. Obviously. Um, But it's a great illustration of we don't always need the hammer. Yeah. You know, there's a fly on the baby's head and you're bringing in the hammer. It's not best for baby. Obviously, Obviously. if there's a toxic person and you want to gain your sense of self back and protect yourself, it's not always coming in swinging the hammer. It's hardly ever coming in swinging the hammer because toxic people are good at swinging back, right? Dodging the hammer and then saying, look, they're crazy. They're trying to throw a hammer at me. Yeah. Yeah. They play the victim and then they sort of like flip it and make you out to be like the crazy person. And the person that's not usually toxic probably feels guilty about it. But the person that's toxic doesn't because it's just second nature. It's like, this is who I am. It's what I do. (laughs) Exactly. So, so where do you go from there then? Like whether it's a work situation or romantic situation or a family situation, you know, parent situation, like what do you do? You know, like you hear, low contact, no contact, ignore, you know, you divorce, like, you know, um, take, take yourself out of the situation, but like, that's not always, that's not always really going to be able to happen. Right. Like sometimes you can't do that. So what do you, how do you talk to your clients or what do you advise people? Yeah. So is it the six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Is that is that yeah, what it is? Everybody's six degrees from Kevin Bacon. Yes. So we need to find ways to be six degrees away from toxic people. Right. Um, if they sit on one end of the work table meeting, you try to sit on the other end. You try not to meet with them alone. You try to meet with them in a hallway when back when we used to work in offices, uh, you know, meet with them in a hallway versus their office. Okay. If you need to, you know, run something by them, you have that protection of other people. Maybe you just drop it off at the water cooler. You know, I don't think we have water coolers anymore, but that sense of like, here, let me just drop this off rather than let me come into your office and we schedule a meeting and shut the door. Right. Where I'm isolated. There's only one degree of separation. Yeah. We want to keep as many degrees of separation, uh, have more meetings that involve other people. So there's other eyewitnesses. Yeah. Right. To this Maybe- stuff keep track too. Like I'm thinking like nowadays that you can't even have a drinking fountain, you know, it's like X off at this point in time, but, um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, cause it's COVID or whatever, but, um, yeah. so, so when you're in like a, um, like a relationship, right. So that's the workplace, six degrees of separation doesn't necessarily work, especially if you live together, whether you're married or dating or partners, you know, like live in partners. If you live together, I don't know one long-term strategy of staying well. And I have a lot of people ask me about it. And it's like, well, if there's a crocodile gnawing your arm (laughs) and you come to me and say, how do I not let the crocodile bother me? 
Right. And I can, I say, I cannot ethically teach you to not let that crocodile like gnaw off your arm. I can't be a good person and put myself to, you know, go to sleep at night and, and say, Oh, that's really great. Now, let, you know, the best way to do that is to numb out through medication or whatever. And I'm not <laughs> making that recommendation. That's your option. Right. So, long-term strategy. Now we can talk short-term strategies, but I do want to say that because people all the time, how do I not let it bother me? And it's like, if it's bothering you, that's your body waking up again. And if you've had any relationship with a toxic person of any type, you know that things should have bothered you that didn't. There were red flags that you ignored. There was behavior that you ignored. And I ignored. I am certainly raising my hand, not pointing a finger. (laughs) Right. And it's like, I was like, well, that's not a big deal. Well, it's not a big deal. I mean, I really kind of like when the crocodile gnaws my arm or the crocodile <laughs> a hard day. I can be strong enough to take him gnawing on my arm and not let it bother me because I'm a bigger person. Now, let's first of all, stop applauding people for letting them be crocodile chew toys. Right. By the way, Women? I just, I, I, no. envi- I envisioned like your, I envisioned like the woman coming up to you with like a chain of like, you know, fish, like a, like a fish uh-huh. necklace. Why is this crocodile, you know? <laughs> Not well, that's well, and then what happens is they come and they say, what, like, they're like crocodiles, they're bleeding out, it's like, <laughs> blood is squirting everywhere. And they're like, what kind of crocodile is it? What happened in the crocodile's childhood to make him want to gnaw my arm? And they go to therapy for three freaking years trying to figure out more about the crocodile. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of the crocodile. Like terrible life strategy, terrible life strategy. I've never heard anyone say, you know what? I'm so glad I gave that crocodile another three years of my life. Yeah. I'm so glad I ignored behavior, did more damage to my nervous system and became that version of myself. Right. You said something really interesting that I want to like, kind of go back a little bit. Cause you were talking about like saying like, well, how can I change this toxic person or how can I help them change? You know, you can't, and al- like a crocodile is a crocodile. It's not going to be a kitten. You know, it's not going to be like magic, you know? So is that like a thing? Like you can't change. I mean, obviously you can't change people, but like help us understand well, that. Let's take toxic behavior to the point of taking turns. Okay. Because in a toxic relationship, it is never your turn. Their needs, their wants, their desires, their hobbies, their moods, their whatever are always more important than yours. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Nikki, when did you first learn to start taking turns? Were you uh, three? When I was like, you um, one, two, one or two. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So if there is a 40 year old who doesn't understand the concept of taking turns and they have been told for 39 years in one way or another to take turns and they haven't figured it out yet. And then you think, well, I can just be super sexy and they'll want to take turns. I'll just be super nice and they'll want to take turns. I'll be super accommodating and they'll want to take turns. I'll be super forgiving and they want to take turns. They are getting their way. Yep. Exactly. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. They're getting their way. You're asking them to become a completely different person. And they don't want to be. And it's no, has nothing to do with you not being good enough, loving enough, kind enough, sexy enough, forgiving enough, cook enough, put out enough, whatever it is. Right? Nobody's ever good enough. No, 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 no. Um, we all so, have work to do. We all have work to do at some point. I know. You know? 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, for the toxic people, nobody's ever good enough for them. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, and I always bring it back to not that toxic people are always cheaters and that's not always a component, but it's like, we know that Beyonce got cheated on, right? Like there's a song about it. Like it's pretty, was she not sexy enough? Was she not cute enough? Was she not successful enough? What was wrong with Beyonce? That she got right, right, exactly. <laughs> it kind of clicks something for women when you're, they're like, oh, yeah. you know, because there's all these stories. Well, if I had been better, they right. would have been nicer. If I had been better, they would have been kinder. If I had been better, I could have turned a crocodile into a kitty cat. It's um pretty amazing that you're saying all this stuff because a lot of stuff is just sent it click, 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 click. You know, um, because. Yeah, I'm on a little bit of a journey and, you know, and I've, I've had a, an awakening and, you know, like a lot of times if you're a people pleaser, you think to yourself, like, what did I do wrong? You know, like, why, why does this person not like me or why did they ghost me or why are, why are they, you know, defamating my character and trying to turn all of these people against me? Or I was so nice to them. I was totally there for them. I was supportive of them. I was a good friend to them, you know, or whatever, you know, and it's like, you turn around and you realize like, oh shit, dude, like had nothing to do with me. I'm still the same person. I'm still a good person. I'm still a great friend, you know, and all the other things, not that I can't have bad days and of course yeah, be a bitch every once in a while, but you know, and it's just like, it's really eye opening, you know? And I just think that your work that you do with helping people toxic proof their lives is really amazing because people know about it, but they don't, they hear about it, but I don't know if they really understand it. You know, I'm obsessed with the language, like in my life purpose, it says, I want to change the language to help people navigate this. That is my obsession because I saw a lot of people doing really good research or putting really good information out there, but it was so hard to click. It was just like, okay, what is gaslighting? What is trauma bonding? What is you know, all these concepts. And it's like, okay, next time someone pulls the flip on you, you will recognize it. Oh, you will yeah. remember me pulling my fingers. You will recognize the flip. It's like looking at that picture with the dots when you were little and they're like, do you see the horse? No, I don't see the horse. And all of a sudden you see like, you're like, oh my God, I see it. You know, do you know what I'm talking about back in the day? No, that is literally my life goal. And I'm like tearing up, like, thank you. Cause it has not been an easy journey for sure. Yeah. Um, but that is my life goal. And I'm obsessed with the language yeah. of it, like finding all these little sticky, I call them like sticky things. So we like sticks and you never unsee it. Yes. I love that. So, okay. So you hear boundaries. If you're talking about language, people always say boundaries, you know, create boundaries, you know, protect yourself, you know, protect your heart, protect your livelihood, protect, you know, protect yourself from, you know, like whatever, protect your home. But mm-hmm. when you have a toxic person in your life and you start setting boundaries, it, it, it's like, it's like water. It's like trying to hold water in your hand, you know, for, for a long period of time. It just, it doesn't work, you know? So I know you have a different perspective on boundaries. So like, let's like, let's air that out a little bit because why do boundaries, like, why, why do they not work or why are they not like foolproof, you know? Mm-hmm. So the people in your life who have issues with your boundaries are benefiting from you not having boundaries. Okay. You know, and it goes back to that, that selfish, if they've been selfish for 49 years, say they're 50, they've been selfish. They've been practicing, not taking turns for 49 years and being selfish. And you come to me and say, so what can I say 
to get them to not be selfish. Because that's really what people ask a lot of times in boundaries. And I have a little story about that. But a lot of times that's the conversation around boundaries. What people are really asking is, what can I say to change their behavior? Right. Right. But let's go back to the three little pigs. You have a pig with straw boundaries. And the big bad wolf came and he huffed and he puffed and he blew his house down. And then you had a pig with stick boundaries. And the big bad wolf huffed and he puffed and he blew the house down. Then you had a pig with brick boundaries. Right. And the wolf still huffed and he puffed. And some people are wanting to build a brick house boundary in the hopes that then the wolf says, oh, you got me. Now we're even. Oh, this is great. Now we can be friends and I won't be mean to you anymore. Try to gobble you up because you're strong. I'm strong. We're going to be strong together. Yeah. Has anyone ever seen that happen in their real life? No, they bring a bulldozer. <laughs> no, yeah. A bulldoze right over you. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. The purpose of boundaries is to protect pigs, not to change wolves. Yeah. But there were a lot of people out there who were talking about working on their boundaries. And when you start listening, what their assumptions is, well, again, if I stand up for myself, this person will change. Right. If I bring the hammer, this person will act different. If I have a brick house boundaries, the big bad wolf will change to a little lap dog. Right. Ask yourself, have you ever seen that work in real life? No. No, I've actually experienced it a little bit, you know, like I've actually set boundaries and, you know, start, you start with one boundary and you add another and you layer it and you layer it and you layer it and you layer it and it's never respected. And it's never, you know, they just keep blowing right through your boundaries. And at at, at one point you get to the point where you're like, you're micromanaging this toxic person, this toxic relationship. And it's so draining and so time consuming. And then you add in a husband that, you know, is trying to be supportive of you and then they're tired of it. Or you have your kids to think of, you know, like to me, like my kids come first before my husband, sorry. Like, but you know, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you just kind of want to break the cycle, you know? And, and it's very difficult to do that when you're trying to set boundaries and they don't respect your boundaries. Um, so it's the one time management technique. No one's talking. (laughs) about. It really is. And people say, how do you get so much done? Like my assistant, the people in my like real life, I'm working, you know, I just finished my second book and they're just like, how do you do all this? I said, I'm not dealing with people's drama. You'd be amazed how much time you have and how much creative energy you have when I'm not thinking, why did she say that? Why is she mad at me? Why did she do this? What if I do this? How can I change my behavior to change her behavior? You'd be shocked to how many more hours you have in the day. Yes. That is pretty powerful right there too, because how many times are you around a toxic person? You're thinking like, okay, well, I can't talk about this. I probably shouldn't say this. I'm on my eggshells or like, or they say something really fucked up and you're like in front of your kids. And you're like, if I say that that's wrong, they're going to like chew me out in front of my kids. And then like, what does that look like? And it's just better not to say anything, you know, like diet Coke is good for you. Well, I I want (laughs) to argue with you about that, you know, like just like, this, you know, like, I don't know. So, so where do you go with people? Like, where do you take them? So like, let's say, cause I want to talk about your book too, for a second, sure. but like I, I, you mentioned that and I'm like, I'm, it's intriguing, but I want to, I want to find out, like, let's say I say, okay, I've identified the toxic person. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like, what do you do then? Like, let's say, let's say you decide that you have the ability to extract them from your life. Mm-hmm. 
then what? Like, it feels like you're kind of like, it feels like you've been underwater, you know, for decades. And now you're like above water and you're swimming without a life jacket and you got to get to that fucking island 20 miles, 15 miles away from you. Right. And it's very daunting and overwhelming. And then on top of that, you're looking back and reflecting on the decades before you or, you know, saying, oh my God, I could have done this differently or, you know, like all these decisions that were made. So how do you help people on the other side? Right. So I love that you use the swimming analogy, because first of all, I'm going to talk about how other people tend to help people not like everybody, but there's a general practice of like, well, you were codependent. Well, you were love addicted. Well, you didn't have good enough boundaries. Well, you needed the attention. Well, you weren't strong enough. Well, you hated conflict. Right. Right. And I hear all these like things when someone's like drowning or treading water and you're trauma bonded, it's like putting weights on their feet and then they're paddling harder. Yet that's the healing strategies. I see a lot of people, it's like, oh, I feel really terrible about myself. Let me find someone who can tell me something else that's wrong with me. Okay. It's a little bit baffling, but everyone's doing it. I mean, how many times have you heard the word codependent or trauma bonded or, you know, it's like, whoa, this is, I feel like something might be wrong here. Um, So I believe in strength-based healing. So the first thing is reconnecting with what's right with you. What? has made you successful in other areas of your life right? that you can bring into this version of your life. I like that a lot. I really do. That really resonates because how many times do you, it's so easy to look at the negative, you know, so but you're drowning. You need yeah. the strength in your arms to get you to the Island, not yes. more weights on your feet. Right. And right. it's, it, I, I certainly don't tell women that I work with, nor do I think about myself that everything is perfect. I don't have anything to work on. Of course not. Okay. But just like when I'm getting interviewed for, I mean, I'm not interviewing for a job, but you know, it, people are interviewing for a job. They bring their strengths. Yeah. You get hired because of your strengths. You get paid because of your strengths, right. not because of your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Right. We need to lead with those. We lead with them in every other area of our lives. Why do we not lead with them in our healing journeys? That's so bizarre true. to me. That's it's so bizarre. true. That's so true. Yeah. So that's, that's step one. I love it. I love that. Everybody's I love their it. Own worst critic. So it's like you know, it's so easy to point out the negative things that that you see in yourself, you know. But whenever you're talking to somebody who's going through the same identical experience, then you point out their strengths and all of their best qualities. So it's like, you know, why, why can't you say that about yourself? You know what I mean? It's just kind of, I don't know. We're backwards like that, I guess. Yeah. That's true. And just that solid, if someone's trying to knock you off course of your life, they're trying to pull the flip, they're trying to blame shift and you're not sure of who you are in your own head and your own body, you'll never become toxic person proof. Right, right. You've got to learn to trust your intuition. You've got to learn when someone pulls gaslighting or pulls a flip on you, you go, that's not what I said. Yeah. No, that's not how that went down. Right. Right. If people pull stuff on me. I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'll say I'm perfect. I, I do want to say an important part of being toxic person proof is recognizing your own humanity. And it's easier for me to see the farther away it is. It's easier for you to see the farther away it is. When it's people in your own life, we typically need another set of eyes. Right. Right. Yeah. 
we just do it's 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 not being broken or messed up or whatever it's a human like we're humans we don't want our mom to be toxic we don't want adult children to be toxic we don't want our boss to be toxic that's just human and right. if you try to not be a human and like define oh i'd see that <laughs> i'm a toxic person proof i shut everybody out oh i would never fall for that i would right. he did that his clothes in the yard like that is number one not toxic person proof. If anyone is that attitude, um, life is going to give them a big humility pill at some point. And I've already had mine. So thank you very much. I'll just try to bring wisdom and humanity and humility into the next thing. So here's a question for you about boundaries. So more specifically, how do you establish boundaries in a co-parenting situation? So if you're co-parenting with a toxic person, how do you establish boundaries if you cannot completely um, disconnect from them, you know, with no contact? Because if you've got children, most likely you can't do that. So, so my next book is being very specific in regards to that topic. It's not a book on co-parenting, but it's a book on figuring out what problem you're trying to solve. Okay. So let's imagine you're going to a party. Okay, and the party's in the backyard and you come up to the house and you knock on the door. And in this case, the, you know, a co-parenting person or the child, you know, your ex or whatever is on the other side of the door and you're knocking saying, I'd like to go to the party, please. And they say, F you go away. I'd like to go to the party, please. I don't care about you. You're a bitch. Nobody wants you here. I'd like to go to the party, please. And before you know it, the problem to solve becomes getting your ex to open the door rather than getting to the backyard party. So there's a method I use, which isn't really a boundary thing, but it's the most effective thing I've ever seen with toxic people. And I've seen it save people thousands of dollars. I've seen, I mean, just, you know, this works. Okay. So if the problem to solve is getting to the backyard, make sure the problem to solve is getting to the backyard, not getting the toxic person to open the door. Right. The toxic person wants to not open the door. Right. Right. And an example in a co-parenting situation, I had a lady who was so mad because her ex said that she was going to, uh, he was going to pay a hundred dollars for a basketball goal. So I think she paid a hundred, her ex was going to pay a hundred and she was so mad. He did. He's not doing it. He's not paying his half. I sent this email. I sent this. He's not coming through. He's not doing what he said. I mean, scurry, scurry, flurry, flurry. Yeah. Okay. Drama. I said, are you in sales? And she said, yeah. I said, if you had spent, if the problem to solve is getting a hundred dollars, not getting your ex to do the right thing, which I never advised that anyone Anyone's problem to solve is getting a toxic person to do the right thing. I always advise trying to find another problem to solve. Okay. If the goal is to get the hundred dollars, you are in sales. If you had spent all the time prospecting this week that you spent arguing with him, how much money would you have made? And I think she said $7,000. Wow. And I said, so are you glad you stood up to him? Are you glad you didn't let him show you who was boss? Are you glad you didn't let him walk all over you? She did not win in that scenario. Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. Go around. Don't knock on the door. <laughs> Go through around the window. Exactly. That is, uh, that's um, in a book I'm 
writing about what problem you're trying to solve. Yeah. What is it called? Are you allowed to um, speak of the new? Oh, I don't know yet. I don't oh, okay. know yet. It's still, in the, it's still in, the, in the draft phrase. And it probably won't be the next book I release. I'll probably do a book on solving your toxic people problems. Yeah. Because I don't see a lot out there. You know, there's like, hey, stay away from them. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> right. What else? You know, I mean, if you have 10 years of co-parenting or it's your mother and she's aging or, you know, whatever else, what are some other strategies other than, cause I see people like, and they're like, you're going to be so proud of me. I stood up to myself, you know, I stood up for myself. He was going to take a hundred dollars and I told him he wasn't going to do that. And I sent him this email and I sent him this text. I'm like, Oh no, he controlled your whole week. And right. she could have, she could have sold, she could have made $7,000 and bought herself, bought the whole damn thing herself and just cut him right out of the equation. Cut the middleman out. Right. Which is always the best solution. If you have a toxic person problem, how do you deal with toxic people? Like not necessarily an ex-husband, but like when there's mm -hmm. other family involved, you know, and then you kind of touched on this a little bit where you said, like, if somebody's asking you why, you know, you don't want anything to do with that person or you're trying to like separate yourself from them you don't talk about what they did to you. You talk mm -hmm. about what they've done that's toxic around you, right? But like, what if you have family members that are like, I don't understand, you know, like, I don't understand. Or like a sibling that's like, I I'm not willing to put myself in a position to go no contact or to, mm -hmm. you know, do you do you believe in no contact? Or like, you know, is that like a- weird Sure, yeah, yes. okay. no, that's almost always the best solution. It's just not the most- it's hard. It's, it's hard. Realistic. It's not doable all the time. And I, I try to give, yes, if you can cut out a toxic person and never deal with them again, that's always the right answer. Now but, moving on to real life. <laughs> yeah, but no, but, but it doesn't matter. Like you still have the ex-husband, you still have to knock on the door, figure out how to get around to the backyard. Yeah. You know, if you have a, a parent that's toxic and you're going no contact, you still have siblings that you have to deal with or go to weddings or bar mitzvahs or, you know, whatever birthday parties. Like, how do you like, so don't focus on the toxic person, focus on a different problem, right? Like, okay. So what would be something that you would do like in a family environment, you know, like a birthday party or bar mitzvah or a wedding or funeral or medical issues, you know? Well, that's a lot. That was, that was like five, 10 questions. Let's try to go back to okay. So let me answer one question first. Cause you asked if there's like, say it's a toxic parent and there's siblings that are still close to that parent. Okay. Yeah. Remember when I was talking about in our own lives, the closer someone is to us, the harder it is to see. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not bringing it back to ex-husbands, but, but I'll say this, people say, well, how do I convince my mother-in-law that her son is toxic? And it's like, <laughs> God. Yeah. She raised Don't. him. He knows he hasn't been taking turns. She's been covering up his shit for so long. Like, what? It no. came out of her vagina. It ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not happening. Right. But that mother does not have ears willing to hear because she doesn't want to see. So there is no communication. There's no proof. There's no whatever you could have. Here is a portfolio of your son with 30 Swedish strippers. And the mother would say, well, you just Photoshopped those. Right. Right. Okay. If they don't want to see and they don't have ears willing to hear, you should save your breath for solving a different problem. So that's a really easy example to see, but it can happen in other family members too. If you have done the work to know that your aunt is toxic, but 
then your cousins haven't done the work. They, they may not have ears willing to hear. Right. So trying to break through that barrier and prove they're a narcissist. They're toxic. They're this. Look at this. Look at this checklist I have. Look at this proof I have. Look at this. Hardly ever works. Hardly ever, 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 ever works. Okay. Uh, my advice in that situation would be to do your best to wave like steam whenever possible rather than bring the hammer. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Right. Because yeah. when you bring the hammer, don't you know that Aunt Sally's toxic? Read this book on narcissism. Don't you know now? You come right. across as what's called an, I call an emotional expert. Look, I'm the expert on narcissism and this person hurt me. Look, look, right. look, look, look. Right. Which is what I see like thousands and thousands of women do every day. It just hardly ever works because people do not have ears willing to hear from the emotional expert. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I love that. I've known people that have alienated family members just because they don't want to hear or see the truth. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had a situation with one of my best friends like that years ago, she was in a toxic relationship and I voiced my opinion and we stopped talking for a while. I mean, it was, you know, now she sees, but yeah. 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 So it's just kind of like that. I think. Yeah. It's difficult to watch. It's difficult to sit back and watch as they're like sitting there with a crocodile gnawing on their arm. And you're like, did you, do you see that? There's like, there's a, there's a, there's a, you got something going on here. But they you want know? to defend like, the crocodile. Yeah. And you're like, it's eating your arm. Okay. I guess. What is that? Like, why do they like, why do they do that? Is it because they feel like it's a reflection of them that if this person is bad, if they're admitting that this person is bad, especially like in a parent, you know, child situation, if, if, their son or daughter is bad, then that's a reflection on them. Is that why they don't want to see their faults? And well, yeah, for sure. But you have to remember how new this conversation is. Yeah. Okay. So 50 years ago, you didn't tell everybody that what was happening in your family. If you were being sexually abused, I've, I cannot tell you the stories I've heard about people telling their mother they were being sexually abused right. and the mother saying, you're making that up. It didn't really happen. I don't believe you. Uh, that was very prominent. Sweep that was a part of the rug. Oh, sweep it under the rug. Don't talk about your family. Don't air our dirty laundry. Yeah. Don't, I mean, that has been what people did for generations and generations right. and generations. So in the, in the best, kindest, most graceful piece of me, I will say we are very new in this conversation. Yeah. And there's, we're working against a, a, a huge iceberg of society that this has been the norm. Just ignore it. Grin and bear it. Don't talk about your mother. Respect your parents. Yeah. That's your sister. Put up with it. That, that, that has been the norm. Yeah. yeah. Or you have like, you know, a parent that's like, you know, I'm not willing you know, if you want to have a relationship with me, you have, you have to be willing to deal with this person that I'm choosing to be around, even though they're toxic. And you're like, no, I'm not willing to, well, then you can't have a relationship with me. And you're like, well, that's, that sucks. Like, that's not fair, you know? And then you, then, so you have to put up with it all. And then when you decide, you know, to walk away or to go no contact, you know, that's a, like a, a very big decision to make. It's very difficult to go no contact. You know, it's like, there's a lot, it's, it's messy. Don't you think it's messy? It can be messy. It's doable. It's messy. So if there's like a friendship or a coworker or a parent or someone who um, this is not, this would not be appropriate in a romantic partnership, but um, think about the role different people play in your lives. 
Okay. Okay. So I have uh, different people who, if I'm having a really hard day, they could play that role in my life. I have different friends. If I want to go to yoga class who would play that role in my life. I have different friends who go to kids events with me. They play that role in my life. I have different friends who like to go shopping. They play that role in my life. Okay. So sometimes we can have situations where a toxic person may not be able to be your emotional safe place, right. but there's some other more limited role they can play in your life. Okay. Especially if it's a mother or a family member. And it's, it's, I have seen, if you can think about it that way, sometimes that is the best option because if you go no contact, it is the hammer. Yeah. And then it starts all this trouble, some other family members. But if you just are always busy when mom calls, wave away steam, you know, there's always something going on. You sit at the kids table at family events and enjoy them rather than sitting at the table beside your mother, who's insulting you and saying mean things. You always make sure you're in a separate room. Yeah. Six degrees difference. Right. Sometimes that can really help the situation. It's not going to change the toxic person, but it allows you to create that emotional cushion and protection and boundaries for yourself without coming across as the bitch. Yeah. That makes sense. So if somebody wants to, you know, cause we could probably go on and on and on. I always say that cause I'm like, I love it when we come here. Cause it's like, you get to hang out. We didn't even cheers. Like I was like, cheers. Um, oh, you know, cheers. cheers. I, I know. Like, cheers. I don't know. Water. Water. We don't. Pepper uh, shaker. I don't even know why she's up here. Like that's awesome. So random. Yeah. That is so <laughs> random. I love it. Um, so you know, like if if somebody wanted to continue this conversation with you, or they wanted to read your book, you have a book out right now that's totally available for someone to get their hands on. Um, and it's called it's called Toxic People Proof. Correct. Coming Toxic Person Proof. Yes. And proof. like if the sociopath next door. And Tina Fey's bossy pants had a baby. (laughs) It would be this book because as you can tell, I'm obsessed with communication and I talk about very with a lot of lightness. It's not that I'm skirting around them in any way, but there is, you know, the book's funny. It's like, it's funny. And so it, um, you know, that old song, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down for me to like dig into such heavy topics. I wanted people, people to be able to finish the book without like freezing up or crying or being upset. So um, yeah, they should check out the book becoming toxic person proof or my podcast toxic person proof. I was going to say sometimes like, I feel like I don't have time to read. I'm a big avid book reader. I love reading books, but ever since I found podcasts, it's been great because it's like, you, you put in your earbuds, you take the dogs for a walk, you know, you've got 30, 40 minutes to yourself and it's just such a different experience. You know, I love mm-hmm. it. So, and I love podcasting. And I think that's awesome that like you're out there, you're podcasting, you're coming on other people's podcasts, you're, you've got a book out there because you're right. This is such a new topic that not a lot of people understand or recognize, or now that they hear it, they're like, oh man, wow. Okay that's what was going on in the office or that what was happening. That's what was happening with my aunt, you know, and they're starting to understand. I didn't know about any of this until like maybe within the last like five years, but recently it started to really, I'm, I'm understanding. I've got words for feelings to like, you know, like, Oh my God, that fucking happened. And that happened. 
he was flipping it on me, you know, or she was flipping like it on checking me. boxes. Oh yeah. I was like, check, 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 check. Yeah. So, right. um, but I, I really appreciate you coming on and I was really happy that you accepted our invitation and we'll be sure to put all of your show links or yeah, show links in our show notes so that it's really easy for people to find you and you're all over social media. So I, I am a future toxic person proof. Awesome. Yeah. You will see me probably more than you want. <laughs> you get on the Google machine. We'll find you, right? Get on the Google. Apparently Google thought I was worth a mention. So yes, which that's is awesome. wonderful. Good. Apparently you're helping people. So that's, yeah. that's amazing. That's, that's definitely yeah, wonderful yeah. because there's so many people that need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look over at Facebook I, and it's all over there. <laughs> I do want to bring a lightness to the conversation because when you get into a really clinical conversation of DSM five and sociopath versus psychopath versus narcissist, it's interesting, but is it helpful? Let me yeah, ask and a it, question. It is a little bit helpful. It is a little bit helpful, but it, not the same as, you know, when you talk about never the boundaries thing. Right. And you'll never hear the three little pigs stories. You'll never forget that. Like you just right. will never forget that. And right. um, I just really hope it helps people. I so are people does. born like that? Yeah. <laughs> so no, no hesitation. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, um, so I'll say it this way. There's a lot of, I could say this expert thinks this and this expert thinks this, sure. but there's people who've been through trauma who really come out wanting to help people. Right. And there's people who've been through trauma who come out really wanting to hurt people yeah. and who went through the exact same trauma. And we kind of have like, well, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Well, sometimes hurt people help people. Yeah. So what happened? And there's Sandra L. Brown uh, runs the Institute for Relational Harm. She 100% thinks there's brain scans. It doesn't seem politically correct. To say we could scan your brain and figure out if you're mean to people or not, and that we would know forever and you can't change. Like it seems like super. That's <laughs> there, so interesting. Though. Of, Jesus, who knew? Funding research for that project, as you would imagine. Like it seems like nobody wants to touch it. Um, but the best way I can explain it is some people are, I was born musical, but I practiced piano for like 30 years. And so now I'm a musician. Right. Some people are born more linguistic. Some people are born more athletic and some people are born more selfish. Yes. They're born assholes. I mean, <laughs> just like oh, <laughs> toxic. Oh, no. no, people can be born good. They can be born yeah. empathetic. They can be born kind of, they can't be born selfish. Of course, that's not true. Of right. course, they can be born with a bent towards selfishness, a bent towards power, a bent towards control. Now, whatever happens in life, they perfected their craft. Right. I was born a musician, but I, I was a piano performance major in my undergrad. So I am a musician because I practiced. Makes sense. Yeah. So That's someone is analogy. Thank you. That was <laughs> really, you've got some great analogies. I know, it right? definitely <laughs> helps to understand like all these different, like, like you said, clinical words in the lingo. It's like, uh, gaslighting. What, what does that mean? Right. You know? Yeah. Well, my last piece of advice and the analogies and all of that kind of stuff. If I could infuse in everyone's head, like one statement, it is healthy relationships are relationships where both people play by the same set of rules. Yep. And unhealthy relationships or toxic relationships, they're always winning. Their needs are always more important. They're 
emotions are always more important. Their job's always more important. Their hobbies more important. Their everything that's going on with them is always more important than whatever's going on with you. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the easiest way to define it. it yeah. They can't take turns. And they can't kinda, the rules. Right. And they kind of like are mind fucking you a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like they like. Oh, not a little bit. It is like terrible. <laughs> it is really. Right? I mean, the mental health crisis that they cause, um, the the devastation, trauma, it's terrible. I mean, I I do not have words. And I had a situation, like it was just this terrible time. And everybody said, I don't know how you're still standing. And I said, Oh, this is nothing. Try being in a situation where someone teaches you not to trust yourself. That I can't handle. Everything else is easy compared to that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since they try to tear you down every time you try to like, they just keep tearing you down, tearing you down, tearing you down. It's almost like living. It's almost like your whole life is like going up a sand dune, you know, like you have the footing, but like the sand keeps slipping out underneath you and it's just 10 times, 20 times harder to get to the top. And then you look back and think, well, well, shit, I could have gotten here a lot faster if I had a different, you know, way of getting up to the top of the mountain. But But that is is. their love language. Okay, so I have an article called uh, The Love Language of a Narcissist, even though I try not to use the term narcissist that often. When I say someone loves me, it's a sense of, or I love someone, it's a sense that I'm connected to them. It's a sense that I get them. It's a sense that they get me. It's a sense that we want well for each other. But a toxic person, their love language is watching you work up that sand dune. You never get to the because if you get to the top, that means that you don't love them. Wow. It is the working that is their love language. Wow. Makes sense. It's like mind blowing too. Oh my gosh. You have so many like good, awesome ways of being able to like, like you said, spoonful of sugar, you know, like you've got some really serious, like heavy topics to unpack and you have a really, like, this is like your calling. I mean, obviously you already knew that. I don't need to tell you. Duh. <laughs> Duh, that's why she's here. That's why she wrote a book. Hello. <laughs> but sometimes it's nice to hear it, even though you might already know it, you know, because then you know well, that like, is- people are listening and you're having, you're imprinting on them and you're having like a positive conversation. She's like, I know. And you're sharing. You're like, well, it's the feedback too, because I'm always perfecting my craft. Like, what sticks? Like, what, if someone listened to this, what do they come back with and remember? And I'm like, okay, they remember that, that worked, that worked, that worked. Okay. Maybe I need to perfect this one a little bit. Maybe I need to. It's like a, yeah. Like I'm doing like a mind puzzle all the time. Like, how can I make this easier? How can I make this simple? How can I give, equip the next generation with language we didn't have? Because if I'm teaching my children what gaslighting is, like, how do I even begin to do that? If I say, hey, if someone's not taking turns, it's not your job to change your behavior in hopes that they change their behavior. They can understand that. Yeah, right. I feel like that's a whole nother podcast because that was a, that was a question on my list of questions, <laughs> bringing in the kids like, you know, especially if you're if you're dealing with narcissistic personality disorders uh, from a parent that raised you and then you now are a parent and having your kids. So we're gonna have to do part two. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. No, I, I'm obsessed with this conversation yeah, and I'm. So. Here it's to never ending. <laughs> no, no, no. It's no, it, it's getting worse. Like I, I'm, this is just like, I feel like there's an iceberg and like the Titanic. 
very much so in like the younger generations that have the most personality disorders they haven't like come up in society yet but like when they come up like what's gonna happen it's going to be i'm not going out of business anytime soon i assure you i wish i was I, my goal is to get out of business but it's not going to happen probably not <laughs> thank you so much i'm gonna put all your information in the show notes like i said before with all your links and everything and um thank you so much i really appreciate it, it was so nice thank to talk you for having me yeah. it was great All right, guys, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us in the conversation. Thanks for following the chaos every week. And thank you to our guest, Sarah K. Ramsey, for helping us toxic people proof our lives. All right, guys, you know the deal. We'll catch you next Wednesday. New episode every Wednesday at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We'll catch you on the flip side. Cheers, guys.